After these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to After These Messages. This is the podcast where we talk about TV commercials. We talk about the best ones, talk about the worst ones, talk about the ones where people say weird shit like this. Hi, I'm Chuck Woolery, and I'm here to talk to you about catheters. I am not Chuck Woolery. I couldn't get Chuck Woolery on the show today. For some reason, he stopped returning my phone calls. My name's Andrew Walsh, and I'm here with co-host Genevieve Has. Hey, Genevieve. Hey, Andrew. So what's coming up on the show today? Well, uh, we are going to be talking about products and commercials that use sex to sell their products. Uh, I think particularly when uh, it's not an obvious connection between the sexiness and the product. And we also get to induct our first two award winners into our Hall of Fame. So the After These Messages Hall of Fame. That's right. We do have a special name for the awards we'll be giving out today. But we're still open to ideas. I'd like to say, if anybody has a really good, clever name for the official After These Messages Hall of Fame, send them in. I'd like to remind everybody, we are on Facebook, After These Messages Show on Facebook. And our email address is After These Messages Show at gmail.com. What do you say we get into this? Let's get into it. All right, let's talk about some sexy ads. Seek immediate medical help for an erection lasting more than four hours. Obviously, that's good advice for any man. I was going to say for anybody, but I guess... Let me just say, if you are a woman who's had an erection for over four hours, you should absolutely seek medical that, attention. You know what? That's a good point. So I will I will return to my original. That's good advice for everybody. But I will say that, despite the fact that that little clip of tape came from a Viagra ad or a Cialis ad or something like that, we aren't talking about sexy ads here or ads that use sex explicitly to sell you know, boner pills, sex products, or I, I'm even saying like clothes, exercise, anything that is supposed to make you more sexy right. and, and appeal to the opposite sex. Are, are the Victoria's Secret angel ads very sexy? Yes, they are. They're also selling a, a sexual fantasy with products that are supposed to, you know, contribute to that. So it would be a little bit weird if it was just like a doctor in a white coat right. <laughs> selling you lingerie. Although, depending on the doctor, that could be kind of sexy, too. All right. Well, you know what? Let's try to keep um, your, your personal proclivities to a minimum. You know, I was looking through a lot of sexy ads today. First of all, yeah, how you I, feeling? I shudder, shudder to think what my browser history looks like right now. Yeah, you're going to want to clear those cookies. <laughs> oh, no, don't worry. I cleared my cookies before the show. <laughs> Hey, yo. Uh, I'm even going to include <laughs> gum advertisements in this because at first I was like, oh, well, gum isn't necessarily a sexy product, but, you know, the ad wizards really like to lean on sex for the gum ads, but that still makes sense because they're drawing a direct line between your attractiveness or you being in intimate situations and wanting to have fresh breath so that the member of the opposite or same sex uh, is not turned off by you. So I'm, t I'm taking gum off the table. I'm taking clothes off the table. Yeah, <laughs> gum and weird. clothes are off the table. <laughs> That's right. Uh, any kind of exercise equipment. You know, even the Nike shoes um, with uh, Kim Kardashian. That was a big one that kept popping up in my research. And I was like, no, but I mean, that, that makes sense. They're trying to sell athletic shoes so that you can be more sexy, you know, right. when you're now not that exercising. You're saying, now that you're kind of spelling it all out, like, what 
What product what is not supposed to make me <laughs> make us more sexy? Yeah, exactly. It's all about being more sexy. Everything in life is about being more sexy. Now, we are going to, uh, I guess I'll forward promote a little bit. Um, I don't want to start with this, but we are going to be talking about car commercials. Now, I started doing this math in my head. I'm like, well, if this is all about our sexual appeal and these products that, you know, kind of play into that, aren't cars part of our outward image that's supposed to attract people as well? But these car commercials we're going to be talking about are, they rely very, very heavily, specifically on sex. And I think it's a little bit outside the lines. But let's not start with cars. Let's start with food. Yes. Let's start with Carl's Jr. Carl's Jr. has taken, I think, sort of a um, throwing caution to the wind approach to using sex to sell their sort of massive, oversized, overstuffed burgers. I mean, it's it's almost self-parody, except that I think that the boners are real. <laughs> Black Angus beef and bacon, so Tex. Fire roasted peppers and onions, it's mix. Let's settle this. So now they're playing a sexy volleyball game. Now she's covering herself with water. Should we tell him it's both? Now you got your two bros, your Mex bro and your Tex bro. And they're uh, they're just gonna let the the ladies wrestle it out. Uh, there's some spanking going on. It's just a real smorgasbord of. Um, Objectification. Now, at some point, Carl's Jr. made a very, uh, or, or their ad agency made a very specific decision to sell their burgers based solely on really sexy women. I mean, there's tons of these. This one in particular, you're right, is very egregious because they're wearing bathing suits, bikini bottoms. There's close-ups on their body parts. They're spanking each Dude, other. It's I am telling bad you, news. that's not even the worst. I had to, uh, for research, watch a lot of these, and it was not a real pleasant afternoon. Some of them are, I mean, they, they really do approach self-parody because it's just these women, you know, they're like splattering mayonnaise all over their cleavage. I mean, it, you know, the, the, the entendres are not double. They're, they're single. <laughs> um, and they all tend to, I think most of them are around this Tex-Mex burger. The one that well, I always these, They've been doing these sexy ladies eating messy burgers for years. But. Yeah, I didn't realize how long it's been going on. I saw one with Kate Upton that was in the archives. Again, I was seriously watching. I'm not just trying to defend myself in case you're ever using my computer. I was typing in all kinds of stuff like sexy commercials, sexy... And so obviously there are tons of compilations out there and Carl's Jr. is always on them going back years. And there was one uh, with um, Kate Upton where she's like... Did you see this one? She goes to a drive-in movie by herself. People are having, you know, drive-in movie dates around her. Um, but she's by herself. Her date, apparently, is a bag of Carl's Jr. And while she's watching the movie, she starts digging into that bag, which is between her legs. And then she ends up in the back seat with the bag. And she's just chomping into this big, greasy burger, and... She basically ends up just rolling around in and it. And eventually she's rolling around, and, like, the impression that she's basically masturbating, it's one of the most masturbatory food commercials I've ever seen, and I guess it... No, you know what? It's the most masturbatory food commercial I've ever seen. Yeah, let's hope. If there's <laughs> if there's a worse one out there, uh, please, Ad Council, don't send it in. <laughs> so, yeah, uh... I have I, to look at that on my work computer. <laughs> I will tell you this, 
it never made sense to me. The first one that I saw that really stood out in my mind is, I, I don't know if she's a famous pretty lady or not, but she's a, a, a dark-haired woman and she's very scantily clad or uh, maybe wearing a miniskirt and some really you know sexy high heels and she's walking through some sort of a fire and ice situation, I oh, believe. Oh, yeah. It's like a big ice palace and her, her the super hot burger and her super hot bod melt everything. But I guess my question is, for me, these ads are so off-putting. I know they're not aimed at me, but they they you know there but there are plenty of products that do use sex, sexy women that are the, where the product isn't off putting to me. Um, you know, it's sort of that women want to be her, men want to be with her, and it can kind of you know uh, it can kind of work for both. But these are so I feel so excluded from this product because of the marketing. I've never thought of stopping at a Carl's Jr. and I I think part of it is that. I just feel really excluded from from the customer they're trying to woo. Probably women are not the main target audience for a burger that's got to be 4,000 calories anyway. Well, here's the deal, though. As a straight guy, I don't like these either because – and this may be something that's personal to me, and I'm not even joking, maybe like my own body image issues, which I've had my entire life growing up as a fat kid and stuff, but – I never like the idea of kind of combining real like sexiness and sexuality with food. As a matter of fact, I remember like, you know, when I was younger, you and I have been together um, as a couple for 15 years now. Uh, happy anniversary coming up, by coming the way. Coming up, yeah. Um, but I remember when I was like, you know, a much younger man and if I had a crush on a girl or something like that, the last thing I would want to do is go on an eating date because I don't like to eat in front of somebody I'm crushing on, you know, anybody that I'm attracted to. By the way, did you see that study? I'm dubious of this study, and I didn't really drill down on it. I just read some blurbs that were going around uh, earlier this week saying that men tend to eat more in the company of a woman. Oh, that's interesting. They no, tested I didn't it see that. on pizza, I believe, or they tested it on men uh, eating pizza in various scenarios. I'm very dubious of that because I think there's all those kind of um, lifestyle kind of studies that you have to really look at exactly what was going on in there and what the results really say. But when I saw that this week, I was like, oh, that surprises me because usually, you know, if I'm alone in the apartment, sure, I'll chow down two or three full pizzas. But if I'm out on a date and I'm trying to impress somebody, or not even if I'm trying to impress somebody, but I'm around somebody who puts butterflies in my stomach, I'm going to eat less, right? Like, So anyway, that might just be my own personal baggage. But seeing really, really sexy women take giant greasy bites of these burgers with their, you know, perfect makeup face and their glossy lipstick is so not sexy to me. Well, I do think that you're probably an outlier in some ways for this campaign. And probably this if the results of that study do hold up about them eating more in front of women, you might be an outlier there too. It doesn't surprise me that much actually. I don't know what's I don't know exactly what would be at work in a, you know, an average man's brain that would make him eat more in front of a woman or find food more appealing if it's being eaten by a beautiful woman, but I do think that you are uh, again, that you sort of lack the dude bro gene that may, you know, kind of characterize the the audience that they're going for here. There's a kind of guy that Carl's is going for that associates all these sort of like visceral pleasures of life, you know, sex, eating in one monkey part of the brain. And maybe that's maybe that part of the brain is lighting up. But maybe you're just too evolved. 
I'm probably too evolved. People <laughs> accuse me of that all the time. I want to talk about these car ads that I was mentioning oh, before. There's, Fiat. Yeah, Fiat in particular. I don't have any other specific car ads on my radar right now that do this, but I think that the Fiat ads might have been what got us talking about doing this as a topic because the 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 newer one, this isn't the first one, but I'm going to start with the newer one um, that's getting you know really heavy rotation. Keeping in mind, I got to say this every time, 85% of my commercial watching happens during NFL football games. So I think that might heavily, heavily skew what I'm seeing. But these Fiat commercials, which have had a long campaign now of um, equating their specific cars with sex and incredibly sexy women... Um, this ad actually stars a older gentleman who's uh, in Italy, like some old world Italy town, and he's uh, he's up in a hotel suite or his apartment or something, and there's a woman on the bed who, by the way, if I have anything good to say about this ad campaign, at least she's age appropriate. She's yeah. around his age, and she's laying on the bed, and she is uh, – she's – She's excited. She wants to spend some mommy and daddy time with him. And he's an older guy, so he runs into the bathroom and grabs the last of his little blue pills that are going to help him. And he goes to pop in his mouth, but it misses his mouth. It falls through the window. It, it bounces around the city with varying velocities, which scientifically doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but I'll let that one go until it ends up uh, flying into the tank of a Fiat. It's a Fiat 500 that some guy is gassing up or something, and it, it this pill flies into the gas tank, and all of a sudden the car bulges out, and the guy turns around who's filling up his gas tank, and he realizes his car is now the 500X crossover, which is a you know bigger version of this little sporty Fiat he was driving. So obviously this is what happens happens when a small sporty fiat takes a boner pill and i don't know that commercial it's kind of funny it's always it's irritated me a little bit you know i think this one irritates you more than me for some reason um it's not a great joke um but i don't really find it that offensive i mean it's the idea that uh you know this new car is more masculine than the old car i think is kind of an interesting one i'm sure that uh fiat probably does struggle to sell it's cars to men. It's a you know the the original Fiat 500 is, is very cute, but it's pretty feminine. So this one doesn't bother me that much. The one that really has always bothered me is the old one. It's the it's the campaign or the commercial rather that launched the uh, the Fiats when they were new in the American market. Uh, I don't think it plays anymore. It's pretty old now. But uh, the the title of that ad is Seduction. Mm. A sort of nerdy, slight looking guy walks down the street sees a, this very beautiful uh, statuesque uh, woman leaning over. He he notices her. And when we say beautiful, I mean, we are talking Carl's Jr. level beauty here. <laughs> She's very, very beautiful. She turns around. She sees him staring at her. She's Italian. She starts kind of berating him in Italian, but the berating soon turns to flirting. And, and she's kind of, you know, rubbing on him and, and yelling at him, but but getting increasingly close to him. Suddenly he blinks and, oh, it wasn't a woman the whole time. He was just having this reaction to the, the new sexy Italian Fiat that's, uh, that's in, parked on the street. So 
He's leaning in, if you don't mind me jumping in. So as she's getting closer and closer to him and like she sticks her finger in his, his the, the the foam of his latte or whatever, and then some of the foam drops onto her chest and then and she's just getting increasingly physical with her flirtation and then he leans in to kiss her and then all of a sudden he opens his eyes and he realizes he's about to kiss a car. Yeah. So in case you were wondering if women are objects, uh, the answer is yes. You can't draw a more direct line than saying this whole time this sexy woman was actually this object that we want you to buy. And I think that's why the boner pill follow-up ad bothers me, probably only because this first one bothered me so much. Yeah, it's like Fiat just, uh, I mean, they went all in. They said, you know, we're going to use sex to sell this car, not in a, nothing indirect or, or coy about it, just... This car is about is about sexual gratification, or you should equate mm-hmm. this car with sexual gratification. And that's, I mean, they're cute cars. Honestly, they're such an appealing car. I kind of am surprised or, or sort of annoyed that they they made their ad campaign so focused on the male gaze, if you'll mm-hmm. pardon a graduate student phrase, uh, because it is such a feminine looking car. I mean, maybe that's the maybe that was their maybe that's the meeting they were having, right? Like. Oh, this car is going to sell to women, no problem. It's so cute. It's so you know, it's sporty. It's cute. Um, but how do we expand our market share into into men? I know. Let's make sure it's associated with with sexual gratification for men. That yeah, maybe you're right that that's what they did. I find that because I mean, Charlie Sheen was famously their pitch man, right? Well, I find that a surprising tack because. You were shopping for Mini Coopers. You did not end up buying one, but a couple of years ago, we were car shopping, and you were looking at the Mini Coopers, and for various reasons, you decided not to get it. And it seemed like you were starting to pick up on the fact that Mini Coopers are, first of all, primarily purchased by women. Yeah. I don't know if they're marketed primarily towards women, but while we were in a couple of different lots looking at Mini Coopers, a couple of other people came to look at those same cars, and they were always women. And I've noticed now driving down the street. I've, I don't think I've ever seen a guy driving a Mini Cooper. No, in fact, I asked one of the dealers we talked to, do you mostly sell this to women? And yeah, the answer was, you know, overwhelmingly. Yeah, and I would guess that a lot of these cute little Fiats, which are, they're kind of, they're Mini Cooper-esque. Yeah. And it seems to me that you would just continue to realize this is who our, uh, who our target market is like let's continue to sell these cars it seems weird that you would want to almost counter program it but i don't know yeah i don't know i mean there's there's all kinds of research out there about um how women aren't being well served in lots of areas of commerce right like even though um they have they have a lot of purchasing power they're underserved by marketing uh so this might this might be an example of that or it might be a case of they anticipated uh, a gap and wanted to try to close it by marketing directly to men. You had mentioned the Charlie Sheen ads that he used to be a pitchman for Fiat as well. I actually didn't know that, but you sent me an article that's pretty interesting talking about how um, Charlie Sheen is rumored to be not just slated for, but actually in a commercial that's already been you know, taped, edited, produced, and in the can, but Fiat denies that Charlie Sheen has anything to do with it at this point. Yeah, so Charlie Sheen, uh, back when he was uh, having his meltdown and, and it was hashtag winning, um, he was in an ad around that time in which he's driving a, a Fiat all through his big mansion and he gets out and it's a big party in the mansion full of sexy babes and he gets out and he he smirks and he puts his arm around the same model actually who's in the 
uh, woman turns into a car fiat ad that I mentioned, puts his arm around her and says something smarmy about, you know, isn't house arrest great or whatever. He gets out of the car and you see he's got an ankle bracelet Oh, on. right. Because, you know, he was, I think he, he either actually was under house arrest or was always in so much trouble that it was a plausible, uh, plausible idea. Um, so that ad, that was, that was to me again, like a real sort of like, you know, ladies need not apply kind of ad that, that irritated me. And I just find him so uh, incredibly distasteful. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so it's interesting because he hadn't he hadn't done a fiat ad in a while that, that I had seen. And then I spotted this article, I think it was on Jalopnik, about, you know, the, this this rumor that there is a, a Charlie Sheen fiat ad that was in the can. And then, of course, he uh, recently came out uh, publicly with his HIV diagnosis. And there's speculation that when that happened, they decided to distance themselves from him. And if that's the case, Fiat should be ashamed because Charlie Sheen has done a lot in his life for which he should be disassociated from or with. But uh, HIV diagnosis is obviously not one of them. Yeah. Now, here's the deal. I think it's a little bit more complicated than that. I think it's complicated because we don't know what the new ad would be like or what they're playing on. We don't know if it's an if it's an ad that continues to play off of this idea of Charlie Sheen being a, a real bad boy. Maybe they're continuing their their, you know, sexy ad campaign and, and sex features very prominently in it. Maybe it's even a kind of a complicated storyline about sex, the same way the old man losing his pill and it takes a minute for this thing to shoot around the city and eventually we find out, oh, this boner pill went into the car and changed the makeup of the car. Like it could be another really involved ad that is all about sex and I don't think it's necessarily disgraceful to say, well, right now Charlie Sheen is in the news for a virus that in his case, it's not all. It, it is a sexually transmitted virus, and, and in his case, that seems to be. I didn't watch his Today Show I think interview, it's orders, but, it, but it's undisputed. He didn't get this through, um, through you know, through some medical procedure, and he didn't get it through drugs. We believe. So, having said that, although now that you say that, that also sounds plausible. It could be, although you never heard. I mean, he was, he famously um, almost died from a coke overdose, I think. But and anyway. I would reserve judgment on calling the car company um, out on the carpet for holding on to this ad when we don't know what's in this ad. And, of course, when when one of your spokespeople is suddenly in the news about something very, very specific, and if your ad just is too on the nose when it comes to what you're in trouble for. Now, when they did the bad boy commercial, you know, some people in the comments were saying, oh, yeah, you you don't want to support the guy because now he has AIDS, but when he was just, you know, in in trouble for doing too much drugs and, in, in you know, uh, serving punishments for um, hitting women and doing stuff like that. But all of those things, too, were a little bit further in his past. He basically just had this. That first ad came out when he was doing his kind of he was going off the rails in this kind of crazy, you know, hashtag winning way. But it didn't come on the heels of a domestic abuse charge. Uh, those, those charges weren't that far in the past. I mean, you know, he famously shot one of his uh, ex-wives in the arm. Uh, I mean, this. this they is... were well. They were at least three years in the past because those charges, I believe, were 2009. The ad came out in 2012. I could see it being different than saying Charlie Sheen was national news one month ago for telling everybody they got HIV through having sex, and now we're going to release an ad that is all about sex, and Charlie Sheen is our spokesperson. Yeah, you know, it's probably not worth parsing exactly how long. I agree with you. It was was farther in the past, you know, more in the rearview mirror, but it does seem to me like the bad boy house arrest ad – 
had no problem with glorifying Charlie Sheen's behavior uh, in total. And I certainly am not sorry to be missing a, another Charlie Sheen Fiat commercial, but it feels a little hypocritical to me if the reason for that is just that they don't want to be associated with HIV. I don't know. You're right. I would have to see the ad to make a really informed decision, but it the, it's it just doesn't really pass the smell test for me. Somebody in the comment section of this article said something along the lines of, listen, the, the ad industry is the last place where you can survive by being PC. And I thought it was an interesting point. And whoever wrote it... Cheerios is doing okay. Well, that's the thing. I don't think that you have to be non-PC necessarily. And I don't think that this person was trying to be as callous as maybe that sounds. I'm not saying I even agree with that person because there's always ways to, if you're putting messages out there and your main message is to sell your Cheerios or your cars or whatever it is, you're also putting other things out in the universe as well. And, and nobody knows that more than the, than the ad wizards who write these things. So even if this person is being a little bit callous by saying, hey, listen, you can't be PC in the ad world, I do think that it's underscoring this kind of obvious point that, well, if you're hired as an ad wizard to sell X product and you realize that there are various forces going on in the culture that are going to make your messages less effective and then you change that because all you're trying to do is sell your product, it's really like who are we mad at if – this car company backs off of Charlie Sheen. Are we mad at society for basically not being a fertile ground to overlook the HIV news? Or are we mad at the car company or the advertising company? I'm not saying that any product or any marketing campaign that is incumbent upon them to uh, be radical or or be the lead in a uh, in a socially progressive way. I know it's it's that's a certainly not their job and b uh, never going to happen. But in the same way that uh, when someone, you know, cries that their free speech is being impinged upon because they got some blowback, the same is true of marketing campaigns. Uh, you know, if a marketing campaign does or does not do something um, and people take exception to it because it uh, is, you know, retrograde or goes against progressive values or 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 doesn't or or is too progressive or offends somebody because it's uh, not traditional enough, then that product or that company is subject to the same consequences that everybody has for free speech. And so when so you know so so they're free to not play their Charlie Sheen ad and Jalopnik and I are both free to say, hey, was that because he has HIV? Because if so, that's not super cool. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And getting off of the, I mean, we're pretty far off the main topic anyway. You raised the Cheerio ad, which I think is a really good um, a, a really good example of using your, your advertising, yes, to sell a product, but also being more progressive. For those who don't know what you're talking about, can you explain? Well, Cheerio's... Uh, attracted some attention of maybe a year or so, maybe more than maybe a couple of years now uh, for a really cute ad in which um, a mom is is talking to her daughter. The mom is white. Uh, the daughter is mixed race. And she's explaining that Cheerios are good for your heart. And then the daughter goes in to the living room. And then when the father who is black wakes up, uh, he's got Cheerios covering his chest because the daughter, you know, out of love, mm-hmm. thought that Cheerios would be good for his heart. I mean, it's just like, you know, Really cute, in, a, in no way a controversial ad, but it sparked um, some online discussion about a mixed race family 
And Cheerios really uh, took the high road, which, you know, the high road in this case being, I think, pretty easy to take because, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> are they going to back back off of their cute family ad? Uh, but but really took the opportunity to castigate the the haters. And I think I think the thing that they did, I'm pretty sure this was this was the Cheerios response. They took all the emails that people sent them, all these hateful, uh, racist emails, and then had an artist use all of the pa- they printed them all those emails out and had an artist make a sculpture uh, from that paper that spelled out love. Mm-hmm. And they taped that I think and ran yeah, it as a did it kind spot, of yeah, yeah they ran ran that as a separate yeah. spot which was great. Um, and I don't think that Cheerios was trying to court controversy with con- controversy with their with their ad. I mean maybe they thought about it, but I I it was so anodyne that it's hard to imagine anyone thought this was going to really upset people. And, mm-hmm. and of course, you know, anyone who was upset uh, should be ashamed. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a good story. And so, yeah, so I don't want to I don't want to sound like I I don't know, maybe I sounded a little bit overly defensive of Fiat in their ad agency. And I didn't mean it that way. It just got I just got thinking about it, like really, like who is to blame here if the world is going to be is going to kind of reject the message of Charlie Sheen because of this context? Is it wrong of Fiat to pull it? Or is it wrong of us to, you know, provide that, I guess? I think it's mostly that for me, it's the hypocrisy, or it's the and again, yeah, we don't really true. we yeah. don't really have enough information to say for sure. I mean, Fiat is not even copying to there being an ad. They've yeah. they've danced around it in their response. But what I find objectionable or potentially objectionable is how absolutely willing to get on Team Sheen they were mm-hmm. when it was just a matter of wife beating and you know being just like a sort of a horrible human being in general. That part, great. Let's let's pay him lots of money. Let's have him drive his car around his mansion. Let's really glorify this image that he's created of himself. I mean, it was absolutely uh, a total endorsement of Charlie Sheen's whole image. Yeah. So it just feels a little distasteful. Yeah. If if in fact this is what's happened, and again. This is rumors. This is, you know, based on one story that we saw. I, I don't really know. Yeah, and the more you talk, the more I, I, I agree with you because I'm oh, getting more and more to wound up. But I do want to come back to um, you. I want to talk about sex some more. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> I guess just really briefly, I was trying to think of aside from the Fiat ads and the Carl's Jr. ads, if there were other kinds of examples of people using sex to sell a non you know, sex-oriented product. And I thought of those Game of War, that's a video game. I think, is that a video game you play on your phone? Or is it a video game you play on your video game machine? I think it's on your phone. Yeah. So um, you may have seen these Game of War ads where basically a bunch of people are battling in some sort of medieval battle scene, I guess. I think you, like, build up your fortress and um, it's probably one of those freemium games where Mm -hmm. it starts out free, but then... You have to pay money if you want to actually go anywhere or do anything in it. Right. And Kate Upton, I mean, th- these ads were everywhere, and they, I think, were probably a pretty big success. Uh, Kate Upton, obviously, is incredibly beautiful, incredibly sexy, uh, and she's shown uh, kind of, you know, getting out of her bath and putting on her her shiny steel breastplate and riding a horse <laughs> around. You know, I forgot that she even, that's right, she's in a bath in one of them. In I forgot them. about it. I think the first one was her just like, yeah, riding this horse in this 
I, what do you call it? A chest plate. It was almost like a... A breastplate. A breastplate. Yeah. It was like a bustier, though. I mean, she's riding around. <laughs> uh, just like, Yeah, I mean, it's not military grade. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think so. And it's just like, you're just watching TV and you're just like, all you see is boobs. And yeah. I'm not saying that as like... No, like, it's all you see. All you see is boobs. And you're just like, wait, oh, there was a video game, something going along with that. So that is another egregious one to me. Um, I couldn't help but think of the um, GoDaddy ads. And now, I don't know when exactly they decided to start really linking sex and their product, which is so inherently unsexy, just like we're a web hosting service and a, a domain registering service. Yeah, exactly. It's sort of the same thing. Uh, the, the video game, uh, the, the web hosting service, I think whenever I see an ad like that, that's just uh, unabashedly about, hey, here's a sexy lady by our product, I just think like, well, I guess you just think men are who you want to sell to. Mm -hmm. And it's not just like an attractive lady. You know, we were even talking about the toilet paper commercials and all the gross things. Like, of course, usually you hire attractive actors and actresses for your ads because you want good associations and we're all human beings that again that may not be fair socially speaking that but it's a different issue yeah exactly that that good looking people are going to get better jobs in acting. especially in commercials but that is the reality of it but when we're talking about these GoDaddy spots I mean they are very specifically using women as objects I want to say the first one that I remember that may have even started this whole let's connect GoDaddy to sex was their first really famous ad which ran during the I'm going to say 2005 Super Bowl and that was um, where some you know woman in a in a um tank top that is too small for her and she is well endowed is at some sort of tv standards hearing saying i want to do a sexy commercial it was a very meta kind of ad that was a very specific response to what happened at the super bowl the year before which was janet jackson and so maybe they decided hey this would be a clever thing to do a funny sexy commercial that calls back to last year's biggest storyline which was janet jackson's nipple exposure during a football game um and then they were just like, boy, that had a really good response. Let's keep it up with the sexy ladies. They're like, as it turns out, guys like looking at sexy <laughs> yeah, ladies. Exactly. And Dan the, the research is in. Famously uh, ends up being um, their their spokesperson for a long time. They did another ad with like some, it's like a red carpet event and women are getting out of cars, but they're carrying beavers and there's all these beaver jokes and stuff. And Danica Patrick comes <sighs> out and she's like, that's why I keep my beaver covered. It was just like very, I don't know. And again, then you remember GoDaddy. Like I had a GoDaddy account for a long time. It's like there is a, there is not a less sexy product i think than GoDaddy. that's probably what that's probably how the meeting started you know yeah. what this product needs <laughs> some more those those ads are like the equivalent of the signs that they used to put up in college to advertise events that would just say sex now that i have your attention right, right. do you want to come join the debate club right exactly free beer <laughs> just kidding we're looking for tutors uh, <laughs> let me just ask you one question and we'll get off the, su- the subject of sex but um, when I was going through all these lists of the sexiest commercials and everything today, um, several of them listed these Old Spice ads. Now, this will be the first ad that we're talking about where you have a couple of hunky guys um, selling a product, by the way, 
aimed at men. I don't believe and Old aimed Spi- at sex appeal. To be and fair. aimed at sex appeal. I don't think Old Spice has a line for women. Not joking. I don't know. I think I've it's certainly never heard of a it. men's product. Um, so, do you, as a straight woman, consider those ads to be sexy? Or are they just so goofy? Okay, uh, these are the ads, by the way. Can you describe them? Sure. I mean, they they really uh, rocketed to attention. Uh, who is who is the first guy? It's Isaiah something. I don't know his name. Um, I, I'm sorry, I can't think of his last name, but he—they're very famous. It's the "I'm on a horse" ad. He—they uh, do it as a single shot. Uh, he's a shirtless, attractive guy wearing like sort of beachy pants, and he's in all kinds of like weird scenarios. And finally, and it, it's very surreal. And he ends up by saying, "I'm on a horse." And Mustafa, as I am Mustafa. You know, you, if you've seen it, you remember it. Uh, and then this year, uh, they started introducing a new version of that campaign with Isaiah Mustafa and Terry Crews, uh, who's a former football player and he's very, very built. Um, and they kind of wrestle for control of the commercial and they have two competing in the com- commercial uh, Old Spice products. Yeah. Anyway, so they're both shirtless. They're both very hunky guys. Um, they're sort of both speaking to ladies in a kind of, hey, ladies way. But I would not consider those commercials to be sexy. There are commercials that I think work as they have sex appeal for straight women, but they think they tend to be more like cologne ads. Like I've seen a few Agua de Gio cologne ads where, you know, it's a sort of a black and white scene, a, a really, really good looking guy is, you know, on a beach or in a, in a boat or in the water or something. And it's, it's very, you know, it's, all images, there's not a lot of words, and it ends with, you know, Agua de Gio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I that feel like that I'm... to me has some sex appeal. It's not like, I don't know if I like, you know, I don't keep it in a file anywhere, but like, it, sure. you know, it's, it, but it's a tra- it's it, it's appealing in a, in a sexual way versus like, these guys are just goofy. Yeah. And of course, now I'm getting into my, those weird rules I said at the beginning, like, we're not going to talk about gum. We're not going to do that. And then like, oh, well, if we're talking about, you know, cologne and perfume ads, well, like, what's sexier than some of those Calvin Klein ads or whatever. So I don't know. Um, How about we leave the sex talk behind for five minutes, Reeves, (laughs) if you can. (laughs) Do you want to give away some awards? Let's give away some awards. All right. I want to begin by saying... That you and I were excited about the idea of giving away some awards, entering some ads into our After These Messages Hall of Fame. But I was saying it would be it would be better if we called it something different than the Hall of Fame. I couldn't think up of a better name than the Hall of Fame, although I was thinking that the awards that are traditionally given out in the real advertising community are called the Clio Awards. And we do have a cat named Theo. We could call these the Theo Awards. That's true. We could call them the Theo Awards. Um, Theo is... Uh, he's a hes a sort of emotionally troubled cat. Yeah. Um, seems like, you know, I, I can't think of a, a more appropriate <laughs> uh, or obvious thing to call an award for commercials. All right. For now, we will call these the Theo Awards. So the Theo Awards. If yeah. somebody wants to uh, write in though with a better name for our Hall of Fame, maybe we can give away the Theo Awards, but still have yeah, some sort of a, a clever can, Hall of Fame. If we fame. could rename the Hall of Fame, rename the Hall of Fame. That's that's your task this week. <laughs> that is that's it. If it rhymes, it chimes. That's what we always say in our and house. I, and I think we should say too, like we're giving away. We we will induct new members into the Hall of Fame 
whenever we feel like it. It will not be on a regular schedule, and there will be no rules. Uh, we will just make decisions ourselves. That's right. Now, the only rules that I would say is we will not give awards for um, sex products, clothes, gum, or any kind of exercise. <laughs> Sorry, I just I just love those rules. I mean, they're they're just so helpful. Um, all right, do you? Who wants to go first here? Well, you you actually came up with the segment, so why don't you go first? All right, so here is one. This is actually the ad that, oh, I'm sorry. Somebody sent this in to us, and I had seen it before. I'm sorry that I forgot the name of the person who emailed this to me recently. Um, This is one of my favorite ads, and I'm not going to even tell you what it's for. I think that I can just set up the scene and then hit play, and it will mostly make sense. There's a fella. He's clearly been pulled over to the side of the road. And then a police officer comes up to his window, and the situation is obvious. He's in trouble for speeding or some such. Sir, do you have any idea how super cool you are? Yeah. Thanks. I have a picture of you for above my bed, please. It's a super cool picture. Super cool. Here's your picture back. I don't deserve it. Also a short poem I wrote about you. So super cool. If only everyone saw you the way your dog does. Yeah, you're a good boy. So he turns after the cop walks away and hands him a ticket that's actually a poem or whatever. He turns and in the passenger seat is his super, super cute dog just looking up at him with those adoring eyes that only a dog uh, can give you. And so... This is for, and it's actually, I didn't realize it was a local ad, by the way, Vives. I always thought this was a national ad for um, pet adoption, but it's actually for LA Animal Services. Los Good Angeles job Animal. on you, yeah, LA Animal so Services. Yeah, so maybe a lot of people haven't seen this, but I am entering that as my inaugural, after these messages, Hall of Fame inductee, because it makes me laugh, for starters, that's kind of obvious, but also... I can't think of an ad that makes me want the product more. And every time I watch this ad, I almost have to handcuff myself to the <laughs> chair to, to keep myself from running out and adopting a dog. No, it's so effective. It's um, it's really clever. It, it's such a great concept. Um, so congratulations, LA Animal Services. Uh, you have been awarded the inaugural Theo. <laughs> All right, Veeves, you're up next. Now, your ad may take a little bit more explaining. Sure. Yeah, this is a really old ad. I want to say it's uh, 2004. Do I have that right? I think so. Yes, I know it is because I was thinking, wow, I can't believe that that's more than 10 years old at this point. This ad, the reason I'm selecting it for my uh, inductee into the Hall of Fame is that it's over, it's 12 years old now, and it has stayed with me. For all that time, I've, I've remembered almost every detail of it. It, it, did, it wasn't heavy rotation back then, but like that to me is an effective ad. Uh, I can't say that I remembered precisely what product it was for, but I definitely knew that it was for a car. I think I even knew that it was for a Honda. Uh, it's a Honda pilot ad called Raised by Wolves, uh, and I would really recommend that you go check this out. We'll post the links, as we always do, to everything we talk about on the Facebook page. Go check this out because uh, the actor who stars in it went on to play Pete Hornberger on uh, 30 Rock. And he, in this, you know, 30-second spot, proves why he totally belonged on that show. He's, Scott Adsit is his name. Scott Adsit is his name. And he is so funny that he his performance in this ad always stood out to me. So it's just a, you know, it's sort of a typical why we as a family like this car ad. I'm going to let Andrew play it. And um, I think it kind of speaks for itself. 
Like most families, we wanted an SUV, but ours had to be especially rugged because my husband was brought up by wolves. But he's really not that different than any other guy. He's doing all these wolfish behaviors. She's combing his yeah, back. to be outdoors, so, so we bought a Honda Pilot. He's just like head out the window, chasing a and stick in the lake. It's been a lifesaver, really. The Pilot. Built by Honda. So pretty simple um, tagline there at the end. I guess the point is we needed a rugged car because we're a super rugged family because our dad is basically a wolf man. Yeah, and and it's just it's actually you know kind of a trope sort of ad, right? Like you see this like we're a family on the go. You know we need we need to I got to pick the kids up at soccer and uh, you know all the ways in which families use their cars. But it's such a great twist on that. Uh, by having this funny joke about uh, the Raised by Wolves. And I, what sells it for me is Scott Adsit just commits to the bit. Like him running around at the end with the wolves through the woods, just delightful. Yeah, some of his best work. So congratulations, Honda Pilot, which I don't think you actually maybe make anymore. <laughs> uh, you've been awarded the other inaugural Theo. I have all kinds of celebratory sounds in here, so... We could give away awards all day if we wanted to, yeah. but uh, let's not. How about instead we check the old mailbag here? Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying. Only the echoes of my mind. This is where we hear from you guys, our ad council. Vives, today we have a whole bunch of follow-ups. We've recorded three shows prior to this. Uh, the first one was, I think, ads that apologize for their product too much. We talked in another episode about ads that get really dark. We talked in another episode about ads that are ridiculously gross. And uh, a lot of people wrote in to talk about ads that we forgot to discuss that would have fit perfectly into those categories. Uh, you want to start with the dark ads? Yeah, sure. Um, I think maybe a few folks wrote in about this, so thank you to those who did. Uh, the the M&M campaign that's been going on for years and years now uh, with the red M&M and the yellow M&M uh, trying to integrate into human society only to discover that uh, they are not really there for their personalities, but because the people want to eat them. Uh, is It's one of those, you know, food that talks that just you know, seems so weirdly conceived to me. Um, so we agree. Those are dark. Um, and Definitely. I think they'd be a, they're, they're a great addition to that category. They're awful. Like, it is very unclear what the relationship between candy and human <laughs> is. Not to dig too deep on this. I know we're going too long. But, like, so what exactly? It really exactly, blurs the boundaries between the candy and man. On? So there exactly. There's a party. It looks like a pretty fancy party. There's mostly humans there. But, hey, look, there's also some M&Ms there. Again, anthropomorphized M&Ms who are going around also enjoying the party. And now, talk about ads that use sex in a really weird way. Uh, and a really attractive woman at this party is going to go home with one of these personified M&Ms. And the M&M is excited about it. But it turns out it was a different female M&M who, for some reason, hates the other M&M and yeah. is trying to get him eaten. And so this sexy woman, it is implied, is going to take home this which would be a very big M&M to eat, by the way. I don't know if she's going to eat it all in one sitting. I mean, yeah, the implications are grotesque when you really start breaking it down. <laughs> exactly. Is she just going to have him, like, one slice at a time, like, chained in her kitchen? I mean, think it through. It's gross and dark. You know what I'm thinking now about, we can <laughs> and, and dark. 
we don't usually do this, but I was just thinking, okay, well then, you know, I like M&Ms. I don't eat them very often because, you know, I don't usually just kind of chow down on candy. But I really like M&Ms, and especially around the holidays. If I am at a party and there is a bowl of M&Ms, it's kind of hard to resist them. I I prefer just regular M&Ms. So then I'm thinking to myself, and again, this isn't something we usually do on the show, and maybe we're horrible at it, but how would I make an M&M ad? Or what would I appeal to? And I think I would appeal less to this, like, we are these goofy creatures that interact with humans, and sometimes the humans are trying to eat us, and also there's, you know interspecies fighting between M&Ms. Like, it's all very confusing. It never makes me want to eat it. I would somehow... You know what I would focus on? Almost the tactile, the feeling that you get when you reach into a bowl of M&Ms, how they feel. It's like a very comforting kind of feel and the sound of the M&Ms on the glass bowl. Yeah, no, I think that's right. I I know exactly what you mean and why that's appealing. M&M did an ad uh, a few years ago, and it wasn't part of a real big campaign, but they used M&Ms uh, sort of to make a mosaic, and it was like a sort of an animated mosaic. Oh with, yeah, with yeah. all of the candies, you know, like you know, the, all the colors making pictures, and I think it was mm-hmm. like a sort of pastoral scene. That to me is so much more effective because there are plenty of ways to consume chocolate, but part of the pleasure of M M&M and M is that sort of um, that tactile feel, the sound that they make, mm-hmm. the clicky sound that they make, the the sorting of the colors. I mean, how many how many kids have a memory of sorting out the colors yeah. when they were kids? So I think, yeah, I think M&M's sort of missing the mark with me, at least, and maybe you, it sounds like, as to what the appeal of their product is. I, I mean, those, I think John Lovitz is the voice of those ads. Oh, yeah, he's one of the M&M's, yeah. Um, and, you know, nothing against John Lovitz, he's great. But uh, it, those those uh, talking M&M commercials, they've been doing them for years, uh, and I don't, they are not a bar, they, they don't bother me in the way that, like, the Fiat ad did. Mm-hmm. So they're not a bar to consumption, but they in no way increase my consumption of M&Ms. I guess they increase my my awareness of the product, which is probably yeah. 90% of what, what the point is. I'm just going to keep on writing ad campaigns for M&Ms here. <laughs> Another thing, I don't know exactly how I would do this, but if I had to write a funny ad for them, I would come up with a pitch. This wouldn't be a campaign. It would only be a one-off. But somehow um, playing around with the idea of uh, the rock star writer oh that's a fame no, yes. no green m&ms because number one that's funny almost everybody gets it and it also cements like the idea that no green m&ms is like a, a saying in our culture mm-hmm. really cements the idea that this is a product that is at you know coke levels it's broken yes. through to like you know it's being one of the great american brands right it needs no one it needs no introduction i yeah. think that's a great idea um hey speaking of uh dark ads going back to that for a second Thieves, I had never seen this ad until today. You sent me the link. It came from listener Tracy. Yeah, thanks, Tracy, for sending this in. Uh, I had not Oh, this seen... is also my friend Tracy, isn't it? Yes, this oh, is okay. also our friend Oh, Tracy. this is our listener friend Tracy. <laughs> listener... Thank you, listener friend Tracy. <laughs> thank you, listener Tracy. Uh, yeah, no, thank you for sending this in. This was... Uh really as disturbing as anything we've talked about. Andrew, do you want to set it up? Yeah, no, I don't want to, but I'm going to. This is seriously, this is Tracy wins, and it's not just because she's our friend listener. (laughs) She wins because this is by far the darkest ad that we have discussed on the show. It is taking place under the sea. There are two shrimps. It starts just with the male shrimp standing there uh, under the sea, and he is holding a, uh, a carton of Dairy Queen well, what he thinks is popcorn. And while he's eating them, his, I assume, significant other comes up to him. 
Mm -mm. Hey, honey, what you got there? Popcorn from Dairy Queen. Want to try? Sure. Mmm. It's good, huh? Hey, wait a second. What, what, what? This isn't popcorn, you idiot. It's popcorn shrimp! You know, I knew there was something familiar about it. Hold on. Where are the kids? Oh, so gross. That is awful. Yeah. I mean, that is awful. You have a product to sell that is a living animal that we kill and then eat. I've said on the show, I'm a meat eater, so I'm not I'm not casting aspersions. I'm just saying these are the realities that we live with. You have these crustaceans that we kill and then we eat them. That's not exactly something that you want to emphasize in your ads. And then you give them these personalities and they realize they're eating themselves and I'm already horrified. And then you get to the end of the ad and they're concerned that they're literally eating their own children? Yeah, I this ad for the DQ popcorn shrimp. And that, to me, by the way, I don't... That looks like something that may not have ever aired on American television. Uh, it says 2007 UK. I, I wonder if that's something that was uh, not aired on either American television or maybe was reserved only for the internet. But anyway, uh, because I've never seen it and it is so dark that I just don't think it really would have fared well on um, U.S. television. Uh, moving on to the topic of that's gross. We're talking about ads that are needlessly gross. That was last week. A lot of people were surprised that we did not bring up the Squatty Potty. Yeah, I actually didn't know about it until afterwards. And I'm sort of relieved that I didn't know about it because this this is one of those ads. I, I think that the makers of these ads looked at the poopery ads and were like, we can do more. Yeah. They're definitely going for shock yes. value here. These are ads that actually I think might have even been mostly cut for internet usage, I, I think uh, so, not yeah. TV. I don't even know how to describe it. There's some guy dressed up. What era is he dressed up like? I mean, he's dressed up in, in imaginary uh, prince yeah. times. I mean, you know, it's just a sort of Prince Charming style outfit. There's... Uh, he's wearing a purple velvet doublet or whatever. Right. And he's standing next to like a, a little mini unicorn who's kind of perched near him. And that unicorn is shitting out a um, colorful rainbow sherbet substance into this guy's ice cream cone. And then he takes a lick of it and he's like, it's unicorn poo. It's the best stuff on earth or something along the lines of that. And then he starts to explain using this unicorn that is continuously pooping in front of him, a constant stream of the sherbet, how when we sit on the toilet, our um, body position is not the best body position. The product, Squatty Potty, is uh, basically a stool that you put under your feet while you're sitting on the toilet. It's famously, I think, a longtime sponsor of the Howard Stern Show. I think that's how a lot mm. of people know what the Squatty Potty is. Um, so he uses this unicorn, this animated unicorn and the diagrams therein of showing the flow of the sherbet-like substance coming out of the unicorn, which so is basically just shitting all over the yeah, place. Yeah, so it's it's very graphic without explicitly referencing human poo, but it's still so, so explicit. Um, and it's And it's for such an intimate use. <laughs> That it's just it is. I mean, it's it's pretty gross, but at the same time, two things. Yes, they were clearly going for kind of a viral effect, and I think nailed it. And two, how do you explain what this product is for? It's it is kind of a, it's the it's a product that has no analog 
that people are familiar with and the the use of it would be completely unfamiliar to people. Yeah, if they did a straight up ad about this without embracing the the potential viral nature of it, what do you end up with? It, it'll end up being like one of those cheap looking ads that are for, I don't know, the maybe old people products like, you know, the bathtub with the with the opening door yeah, and other I think things like exactly. that. Yeah, I think exactly. That's the that's the other way this could have gone would be sort of a a medicinal feel to it, a clinical or medicinal feel to it. And clearly that's, uh, you know, that wouldn't have attracted nearly the kind of uh, attention and sharing that this got. Also on the topic of gross ads, Eddie in Texas pointed out that toenail fungus ads gross her out. And I am so mad at myself for not remembering that. Of course, like I would say if I could eliminate any commercials on tv i would eliminate those those toenail fungus ads they do and there are various kinds i'm not going to get in the detail they are all nasty well you especially hate feet well i especially hate toenail fungusy feet sure yeah they're not they're not pleasant for sure oh so nasty we are also talking about ads that apologize for their products too much we got um a note from carter is that another listener friend um, that is a, a listener friend, uh, Carter, and I went to high school together. So hi, Carter. Hey. And he was pointing out that the um, Chevy, I don't know what car this is in particular. I'll just hit play on it. But this is how Chevy wants us to uh, feel good about their product. They show a bunch of people in a showroom getting into a car and uh, seeing how it feels. What do you think? When I first sit in the seat, it makes me think of a BMW. I feel like I'm in a Lexus. You would think that this was a brand new Audi. It's like a luxury car. It feels kind of like an infinity. Very similar to Range Rover. This is pretty high tech. Yeah, it is. It reminds me of the Mercedes. This is Chevy? Wow. <laughs> I have a new appreciation for Chevy. What? Chevy, a company known for making dumb-looking cars? <laughs> I mean, that's what they're saying, right? Yeah. Like, I can't believe that I'm confusing a car that is made by a stupid company to one of these really <laughs> fancy cars that I think good things about. <laughs> exactly. It feels like more of an ad for like Lexus, Infinity, Audi. Right? Yeah, that's what like, I... I'm thinking like, wow, those are nice cars. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get a job and uh, buy one of those fancy <laughs> ones. Um, there are also... This reminded me that... Our, it doesn't... Does Buick exist anymore? What car company oh, am I thinking of? No, it is. You're thinking Buick has exactly the okay, same marketing yeah. approach, which is uh, these ads do make me laugh, but more at Buick than with them, where someone will drive up and say, uh, you know, oh, I'm I'm in the Buick, you know, and, and the friend who's looking for them, like, looks around, looks around. Uh, there's no Buick in sight. Oh, because they were looking for a big, ugly car, but this is only right. like a somewhat smaller, ugly car. <laughs> right, exactly. those Buicks do not look good. No, I well, I really don't like the looks of Buicks or Chevys, but the weird thing is um, the ad wizards realize that, and they're trying to, I guess, play off of that, but don't. Just Yeah, I mean, you know, even, even back to this is not your father's Oldsmobile, you know, I mean, a lot of these American car companies just... They don't know what to do with themselves. They 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 don't they don't know how to stop apologizing for not being uh, European car companies. Okay, one last note on apology ads. This one came from. Uh, uh, let's see. We've mentioned listeners. We've mentioned listener friends. Uh, would this be uh, listener moms? I think this would be a listener mom friend. Okay, listener mom friend <laughs> sends my, you a note. So she this is uh, my mom. listened to the podcast. Yeah, my mom. My mom sent me a really nice note, um, and so I wanted to thank her for listening. And I want to read um, just one part of her note because she was responding to our first episode in which we talked about the Sam Adams apology ads and the flow ads for Progressive. And she writes, 
As the consummate beer snob, of course, Dad particularly related to the Sam Adams ad about which you were dead on. Also, we have a friend who is probably one of the many others with a thing for flow. <laughs> uh, so, I was talking in the very first episode how much I love those flow ads. I guess maybe I will just... I didn't put it in, in such terms, but yeah, I got a thing for flow. Right, is and, that pretty clear? Like, I think so. I mean, you, yeah. and my, you and my parents' friend. I think I think I do have a thing for... So maybe, you know, that should... Maybe I should have said at the top of the show, because that really kind of colors everything I said about the other sexy ads. If I have a crush on flow, maybe it's not surprising that these super, super sexy ads uh, for... What it was a game of war uh, or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Maybe that's why they don't work on me. I have a slightly different taste in women. Yeah. You, you don't constitute a large enough demographic for them to uh, target your specific taste. I would love, love to see a Carl's Jr. ad where it's produced all like that. But with a like lady that super, you find appealing. No, she's super sexy, but then all of a sudden you realize it's Flo dressed <laughs> up like Flo, like taking a big bite of a greasy burger like that. That would be hilarious. As a matter of fact, that would be a great progressive spot if they put her in a bunch of ads that parody other products. I could see, if we want to go back to the sexy examples, replace uh, Kate Upton with her on the horse for I'm, Game of War riding yes. through the battlefield. Stephanie Courtney. Call us. <laughs> Get on that. No, for real. Stephanie Courtney. Call us. Thank you, everybody, for listening so much. We're going to leave it there for today. Uh, if you want to find us on the Facebooks, it is After These Messages Show on Facebook. Our Gmail account, one more time, After These Messages Show at Gmail. We want your ideas for topics. Tell us what commercials you love, what commercials drive you crazy, and we will share them with everybody else as well. And you can go ahead and post those to our Facebook page, like I said. I'm on Twitter, too. If you want to tweet at me, sure. Andrew underscore Walsh. Veeves, you're on Twitter, Instagram, the whole deal? The whole deal. I'm uh, at Semicolon uh, on Twitter. I'm BA Base on Instagram. Um, if you have ideas for the Hall of Fame name, uh, please send them our way on uh, any and all platforms. And if you felt like leaving us an iTunes review, uh, we wouldn't be mad at you. Yeah, tell your friends, guys. We appreciate everybody who's been listening. And uh, I just, I don't know, I feel like your friends would like it too. All right, thanks again for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. You can be-